it's against the terms of service of Google and Yelp and other places to try to pay someone to review you, but nothing says that you can't allow them to come back in to your business for you to fix a problem for them and have them remove the bad review they have. Learn modern marketing that you can use to grow your business in today's competitive landscape. This is Digital Marketing Masters with Matt Rouse and Jeremy Marcotte. So today we're going to talk about reviews, why they matter, where you get them and how to make them better. And what's the difference between a review crime versus just a negative review? Sometimes people just suck at their business, but they think everything's a crime because God forbid somebody has a bad experience. And then we're going to talk about how to remove reviews, how people can remove reviews, and how to get more positive reviews. If you don't actually ask for a review, you're not going to get more reviews, whether they're positive or negative. You have to ask for the review before you can actually get it. All right. And why don't you also say who you are? Uh, and I am Jeremy Marcotte. I'm the project manager for Hook SEO Digital Marketing. And I'm Matt Rouse, and I'm one of the owners of Hook SEO Digital Marketing. And also, I write the books and the podcasts and uh, that kind of stuff. So, one of the biggest things that people have talked with us about in the past um, for years and years and years is online reviews. Online reviews are like the scourge of the small business owner in many cases. Mm -hmm. You put all your heart and soul and everything into your work. You work really hard. And then some jerk goes on Yelp and says, oh, your place sucks. And this is terrible. And I hate you. And blah, 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 blah. And whatever they say about you. And I mean, it hurts, right? When somebody like negatively reviews you because it's <laughs> it's public, right? It's almost like a public humiliation. And it feels like a, a personal jab too. Right. And it's like it's like they like put you in a cage and ran you around the city so people could throw tomatoes at you like in medieval times, <laughs> right? And there's two things. I mean, number one, everybody screws up sometimes. And it's mm -hmm. not fair to publicly humiliate a business for have to, for making a mistake, right? But also on the other side of the coin, you want people to share the good things about your business. Right. So it's it's a double-edged sword, right? Um, so anyways, um, everybody knows the review platforms, right? You got your, uh, what is it, like Yelp, Google. Uh, you got Ripoff Report. There's like Ripoff Report's super negative. Um, obviously, <laughs> by the name, you could tell. Um, Facebook got, has reviews. Right, Facebook has reviews. Um, you got like the, uh, TripAdvisor and like, you know, Angie's list. Right. And so there's all these ones for different, uh, industry specific ones, right? There's, um, there's one for housing and contractors. Uh, I don't remember the name of it off the top of my head. And then there's like, um, I mean, there's all kinds. There's like doctor review sites and nurse review sites. There's dentist review sites. There's, I mean, you name it. There's a site for reviews for it. Right. So. What most people don't know about these review sites, they think like it's like they see it in a movie, right? Those old movies when they're like, well, this guy slandered me and I'm going to sue him and take all his money. Da, 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 da. <laughs> and the truth is that there was a court case about putting things on websites that is customer generated content. It's user generated content. And the owner of the website is not liable for the user-generated content as long 
as, oh, I mean, with the exception of some certain specifics like child pornography and things like that. Right. So um, you can't put instructions on how to build a bomb on your website, uh, but, you know, somebody can go on there and say that, you know, you make the worst grilled cheese in town. So that's offensive. It's offensive to grilled cheese. Right. Everybody should be positive about grilled cheese at all times. Uh, I love grilled cheese, and they're my favorite. Um, so how do you how do you differentiate between somebody slandering your business and a genuine customer experience? How can how do how do they know? How do people know? How do the owners know? Like they don't. They don't. So let's be clear about. There's, there's two different things we're talking about. Okay. When business owners talk, they say, this review wasn't true. It wasn't my customer. Or, I mean, there's all kinds of things that happen. They reviewed the wrong business, whatever. But what we're actually talking about here is, is the review that somebody posted going to stay there or can we get rid of it? And right. this is all we're talking about. Honestly, I don't care for this matter if it's true or not because it doesn't matter if it's true whether somebody posts it right okay i want you to be clear on this really 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 clear because this matters a lot okay someone can go on your uh, on a yelp page or something to review your business and who has never been there has nothing to do with it has never seen you and can be like this place sucks one star save you can't do anything about it. That's that, the fact of the matter. You just can't sucks. do anything about it. Okay? So if that's happened, I'm sorry, but it's the way it is. I mean, there's no use complaining about the rain. It's going to fall from the sky whether you want it to or <laughs> not, right? So um, the one thing that you do need to know is how to differentiate between something that you can get removed or something that you can't get removed and then what are the strategies to getting it removed? And then we'll also talk about what are the strategies to use reviews to actually get a benefit. So we got both sides of the coin here. Perfect. Let's get, let's get into it then. I get calls multiple times a week from people saying, can you remove this review? It's a bad review. I don't know this person or anything like that. And nine times out of 10, it's about Yelp. And there's not a whole lot that can be done about it, right? right? So what can someone do in that case? Let's say they, the review doesn't have nice language in it. Uh, maybe they call somebody a name. Maybe they go after... Right, so know, there's employee, all kinds right? of reasons that you can get reviews removed. And maybe we should back up one step. And that is, I had a customer call me. Um, this is actually like the first year our company was open, uh, about five five, six years ago. I don't remember now at this point. Um, this was a merger of two previous companies, our current company. So, I mean, we've been doing this for 20 years, right? So anyways, somebody called me and they said, hey, I know you're doing our advertising, but we got this bad review from a customer and I know who it is. And I've like talked to them and I straightened it out, but they haven't removed the review. So I was wondering if you could remove it for me. Ooh. And I was like, well, honestly, I don't know. Like, I've never tried to remove a review before, right? Like, I don't even know if there's, like, is there just a delete button or what, right? So I went and looked. Right. Turns out you can't just delete reviews, right? Bummer. So most people know this, okay? 
At this point, most people have tried to get rid of a bad review, and they know that you can't just go on Yelp and be like, can you delete this for me? I mean, this is not going to happen. Okay. So then I started to think, well, what if somebody posts something like super inappropriate? I mean, they have to remove it, right? If somebody's like swearing in a review or something or says something really lewd, you know, they have to be able to remove that. So there's got to be a process. So what I did is I started researching the process to get it removed. Mm -hmm. And I found out they're like little DMV employees that work <laughs> at Yelp in these places, right? They, they follow the letter of the law and mm -hmm. nothing else. They're not there to help you. They're not there to fix problems for you. They say, if you fill out the correct paperwork and it fits into the law statute that I have, then we will do this thing for you. Wow. And what that is is they have a list of terms of service that are posted on their website. And if a review goes against one of those terms of service, they will remove it. Awesome. So then it was, how do I figure out what terms of service they have, right? Right. So there's different ones for different websites. And I mean, you can go into the show notes and we have a long article that talks all about this stuff for you. And that's hookseo.com slash podcast. If someone goes on to review your website, say it's Yelp or Google, they both have similar terms of service. Let's give, give some examples, okay? So you have a business, you make grilled cheese, right? Really good, good really cheese. Really good cheese. grilled cheese. Okay, so somebody goes in, they have bad experience, maybe, maybe not, who cares? I mean, it doesn't matter for the point of this. They get out, they go on their phone, they review you, they say, we went to get a grilled cheese and no one came and gave us any water for like five minutes while we were sitting there and didn't take our order and I was in a hurry and that fat bitch wouldn't help us. Okay, they can't call somebody a name who is not the owner. They right. can call the owner a name. Okay. You just can't call someone who's an employee a name. So profanity doesn't really matter to an extent? Profanity matters depending upon what profanity it is. It's got to pretty much be like the nine words you can't say on television or whatever that old skit used to be. Okay. I won't mention what they are here. But somebody can't go in and be like, I can't believe that Indian girl didn't help me because you're calling out nationality or race, okay. right? So that's against reviews. You can't call somebody a bitch or you can't be like, this fat lady wouldn't help me, right? So you can't do any of those things. So what happens is you go in to the platform, log in as the business. People often make the mistake where they go log in to like a personal account and go to the business and try and flag something. It doesn't work as well. You log in as the business, you hit the little flag button. Usually there's like a little flag at the top right corner hit the little flag button, box pops up. You say, I think this shouldn't be on Yelp or I think this shouldn't be on Google. And this is super important, okay? So you got a pen, you write this shit down right now. I believe this is against the terms of service. Because? Because they called uh, one of my employees a uh, rude name and then quote what they said. Send, that's it. Don't put, this isn't true. I don't think this is my customer. This is spam, blah, 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 blah. The Yelp employee doesn't care. Here's what they care about. Is what they said against the terms of service? That's the only question they're asking. All right. Right? Not, is it true? Does it matter for your business? How does it hurt your business? They don't give a shit, right? All they care about is, is this against the terms of service? Yes or no? Okay. Okay. So Let's do another example. I got a question about okay. that. Sure. All right. They call my employee a fat bitch. Whatever, right? I am going to stick up for my employee 
because they make the best darn grilled cheese and serve water like nobody's business. That's right. I'm going to reply to that guy and I'm going to tell him what I think. Is that a good idea or not a good idea? So first off, it's not a good idea. Well, why not? I know everyone tells you you should reply to all your reviews, but that's terrible advice. Well, okay, fine. Let me tell you why. First thing you want to do is flag it against the terms of service to try and get it removed because as soon as you reply to it, that is a signal to the platform that that's true. And it makes it less likely to get removed if you've replied. Awesome. So there's a scoring system that's used by a computerized algorithm to determine how true a review is. And it's not necessarily how true, it's do they think other people will care to read this or not? That is the determining factor. The determining factor has nothing to do with, is this good for your business? Got it. Okay. So if you do reply to it, it doesn't mean you can't get it removed. Okay. But if it's on the borderline, like let's say they said something less rude. Like they said, our waitress was kind of slow and mean. Okay. That's a little derogatory, but it's not calling somebody a bad name. Right? Right. If you reply to it, you're way less likely to get that removed. Then if you just flag it immediately and say, they said a derogatory thing about my employees. I think this is against the terms of service. Okay. Easy enough. Right. So let's do another example. Let's say you have a business and um, let's say you're Bach to Rock Music School where we're recording right now. Okay. Music school opens up on the corner of the street. Mm -hmm. Their owner comes to Yelp and reviews you and say, your music school sucks. Is that against the terms of service? Yes or no? How do I prove that it was the business across the street that did it. It's got his name on it. It's got his name on it. Then yes, it is against the terms of service. It is. It is against the terms of service for a conflict of interest where another business reviews you. The only way you can prove that is to show that his name is on yours and you can say, go to this website and you can see that this is the owner of this competing business. Mm -hmm. And I believe this is against the terms of service. So always say, I believe this is against the terms of service. Always. Because. Yes. Got it. Because what you're doing is all of those flagged uh, reviews on the entire system, it sorts them and automatically a computer system sorts them and says, if it says something about going against the terms of service, give this to a real person to review. Oh. In some cases, the automated system may just automatically re remove them without any person involved. Huh. And if that happens, it happens in like a day, day and a half. But if it doesn't, it can take... Three to six weeks. Awesome. Sometimes even longer. So another example is review spam. So review spam is people who go and basically put reviews on a whole bunch of businesses mm -hmm. and they don't really say anything. Um, let's say I have a car dealership and Jimmy's used cars on the other side of town is into some black hat SEO tactics and stuff and he's trying to... He doesn't care what he has to do. He's going to burn everybody else down so that he can sell more cars. So he hires a company to go out, put up bad reviews on everybody, and they go to everybody's different car dealership in town, and they post uh, one star, bad service, one star, bad service, one star, bad service on every single one. Sounds effective. So you get one of those. You click on the account of the person who left the review, and then look, and you can be 
oh, they've left 70 bad reviews in the last two days or three weeks or whatever it is mm-hmm. that all are one star and they all say bad service. Except for this one that says five right. stars and has more detail. Yeah, except for the one that has five stars and says, oh, Jimmy sold me a used car and it was the greatest car in town, the best used car on the east side of Portland because Portland has east side used cars. That was oddly specific. Really? I know. <laughs> so anyway, in that case, you flag the review. You say, I believe this account is spam and they are review spam. And if you look at their account, you will see that they have left the same negative review for all the local businesses. Okay. Sometimes you can also see them and say, this negative review uh, or this place has left reviews like in 17 countries in two days that they couldn't possibly go to. So this is a spam account. In that case, they won't just get rid of the one review for you. They will delete that person's account. When they delete that person's account, it gets rid of every review they've ever left. Cool. But can't they just sign up and do it again? Yes. Different email address or whatever. Right. Okay. So, I mean, you may have to keep doing it, but it's unlikely that somebody will do it twice. Okay. Uh, Unless you're a really big company. If you're a really big company, then you don't care about reviews because you've got 4,000 reviews. Nobody's going to read 4,000 of them. They're going to read two good ones and one bad one. Sometimes two bad ones and one good one. Oh, okay. So what's what's the difference between a review crime and just a bad review? All right. This is the other thing. Somebody slandering you is not a crime on a website. People can go on a website and they can say all anything they want. They can be like, let's say you have your grilled cheese restaurant. They yeah. can say... Jeremy sells the worst used cars in town. And you're like, but I don't sell cars. It's a grilled cheese. It's a grilled cheese shop. Maybe I could do it in the shape of a car. Right. That would not be a good car. It would be a great grilled cheese, <laughs> right. but not a good car. Okay. So anyways, it's not slant. They can say, Jeremy, the owner, is a mean guy who does terrible things, and I don't think anyone should go to his business ever. Okay. Technically, you might be able to get that flagged or removed because they haven't left an honest review of the service that you provide. Okay. But it may sound slanderous, but it's not legally slanderous in the world of reviews. Because if you're going to go after somebody like Yelp in court, good luck. They're a multi, (laughs) multi multi-billion dollar company who like half of their money is probably spent just on lawsuits and no one ever wins. Uh, I've heard of a couple random ones that may or may not be true. It's hard to say. I don't really have any way to look them up. So what a real review crime is, somebody says something that will give them benefit in exchange for not leaving you a bad review. Okay. So if I come to your grilled cheese shop and I say, hey, good business you got there, Jeremy. I think you should give me 50 bucks worth of free lunches. Otherwise, I'm going to post a review that says that you have maggots in your food. That sounds like a horrible thing to have happen. And it sounds like extortion. It is extortion. <laughs> and that's the reason it's a crime. Okay. Okay. So if you believe you suspect somebody has done a crime, we actually have a, a free resource on our website. And you can go to hookseo.com slash podcast. And there's a little section on review crime. And we made a free course on Thinkific that you could just go through and figure out if it's a crime, figure out how to report it uh, to the correct authorities for Canada and the United States. We have, and I believe we have the UK and Australia on there too. And that's how you can report a crime. So what else should we talk about about reviews? <laughs> There's lots of negative stuff happens about reviews all the time. I don't know. Greg really likes Extortion Grilled Cheese. Extortion Grilled Cheese would be a pretty good name for like a band. A band? 
Yeah. Grilled cheese extortion. What are you going to do? I'm going to see extortion grilled cheese tonight. <laughs> All right. So how do you get more positive reviews? We've talked about bad reviews. Right. Uh, we know that there's not really a way to figure out how to, you know, if it's real or not, um, unless it's another business owner. We've talked about the fact that some reviews are crimes because it's extortion, grilled cheese extortion. There's one more thing that we should add to that okay. about the extortion side. Uh-huh. It's against the terms of service of Google and Yelp and other places to try to pay someone to review you. But nothing says that you can't allow them to come back in to your business for you to fix a problem for them and have them remove the bad review they have. I see that a lot, actually. So, yeah. So here's an example. Let's say maybe car dealership. Somebody goes on and complains, I bought this car, I drove it home, then it leaked oil all over the floor. That's a problem, right? Because now your floor's got oil and shit all over it. Your car doesn't work because it's leaking oil. Mm-hmm. And they leave you a bad review. If you say, hey, here's, what, here's the thing. You know what? I wish you'd have called me first, but it's no big deal either way. Uh, what I want you to do is we'll we'll send a tow truck down, we'll pick up the car, we'll bring it in, and I'm going to send, you know, my guys from like Mott's Carpet Cleaning or whatever over to clean your concrete or your floor and your garage. You know, we'll get that mess all cleaned up for you. We'll get your car fixed up. We'll get you back on the road. Would that make you happy? And sure, that's going to make me happy. I know it's a pain in the ass because we got to tow the car in again, but you know what? We're going to get it fixed for you, and I want you to make sure that you're happy. And once you do fix the problem... Mm-hmm. Say, hey, remember that review that you left, uh, you know, that said we were terrible, but now we fixed your car and everything's good again? And they're like, oh, yeah, it's all good. I'll remove it. Thanks. I would love it if you'd remove that for me. Perfect. Uh, Greg has a really good question. How does a small company monitor independent reviews? So that's a tough question. You can get a monitoring service. Um, There's a whole bunch of them. Uh, The one that we use is actually called Bright Local. Um, We don't have any affiliation with them whatsoever. We just like their tool. We use it. there's hundreds and hundreds of tools to monitor reviews, but the best way is just to take a look at it every once in a while. Um, you should get a notification when you get a review. So if you are the manager of your Google My Business page, you should get an email every time a review is posted. Uh-huh. Same thing with Yelp. If it's on another third-party platform, hard to say, right? Unless right. you're monitoring it. Okay. So does that answer your question, Greg? Um, you should be... You should have review uh, alerts set up so you can actually monitor them that way as they come in or just set time in your schedule every week or every other week to go and take a look and see if you have anything new. So how how would you go about getting more reviews? All right. So the best way to get more reviews is to have really good customer service by far. Okay. There's an example in my book. Start saying yes. Available on Amazon and audible.com. There's an example of a business, I don't want to get into it and ruin the book, but they have done things that are completely unique to their business that make people so excited and so happy that they can't wait to talk about it online. And all the people in their reviews mention those things. So an example would be, uh, we help people a lot with kind of difficult marketing problems and technical problems that have to do with marketing and websites. And sometimes they're not exactly related to the service that we're providing for them. So a good example is we had a law firm that's emailing stuff out to their clients. And a lot of times the clients don't get the email because it goes into their spam folder. So we had Scott Burson, 
my business partner and one of the owners, and uh, he's a, the technical side of the marketing coin here. And Scott went in and figured out that he could add some records to their DNS. I don't want to get too complicated on it, but it fixed the problem, and their clients started getting their emails. Yay. So they come and review us and say, what a wonderful job we do for them, right? Doing things where you go above and beyond are a great way to get positive customer reviews. Another thing is just ask. I know it's difficult to ask a lot of times, especially when you have salespeople or people in your customer service department, getting it into their mind and in their script. Like once the customer's happy and they're about to walk out of the store or, you know, they're leaving or it's an email receipt from your e-commerce store, whatever it is, you want to say, you know what? Hey, thanks again. If you have an account on like Yelp or Google or something, you maybe throw us a positive review because that helps us out, lets other people find us, mm -hmm. you know, so that they can receive the great service that I hope that you feel that you received today. Right. And uh, episode two of the podcast, we're going to talk about customer service because there's a huge gap in customer service now. And we're going to talk a little bit about that. But um, the other thing you could do for positive reviews is have email follow-up. And email follow-up can be done several ways. One of those might be if you get somebody's email at the register, uh, if you have an e-commerce store solution where the people just buy something and the whole transaction happens without a person involved, then you have an email that follows up after to ask them to review the product. Most of that can be automated. I know there's plugins for Shopify, WooCommerce, uh, Magento, all these stores, right? And then another thing you can do is you can actually do um, use a, like a review system. Right. Where it can send people a text message or, you know, an email and it can say... Hey, I just wanted to let you know, thanks again for coming in. Here's a link if you wanted to review us. And you click the link, and then people can select one to five stars. And usually with those systems, if they select three or less stars, it sends you the email as the owner. But if they click four or five stars, it asks them if they want to post it on Google or Yelp or whatever other review site that you set it to, and then they can go review you there. And that's a way to kind of cut down the negative reviews and build up the positive reviews. Right. So uh, along those lines, too, if you're sending a text message, I know from an iPhone, you can set up short codes. So uh, maybe it's TYCFB. Thank you for closed business, right? So when you send a message where you type out those letters, it'll send out and populate a full-on message. Um, so it can be, hey, thanks for your visit today. If you had a good experience or anything like that, or you'd like to tell us honestly about your experience, please go to one of these links and leave us a review and tell us how we did. A lot of customers will give you their phone number or have already. So it's just an easy, quick way to do it. And most people have smartphones. There are still some that, you know, are using the old, um, you know, like razor flip phones or something like that. Uh, so they don't necessarily get all those texts or they do get all the texts in 15 to 20 messages. Um, but with that, Greg has another question. Is offering a special deal to a customer in exchange for a positive review wrong? Well, we're not here to talk about the morality of what it is. <laughs> we're here to talk about is it against the terms of service, yes or no? And yes. the answer there is yes. You cannot bribe someone to give you a review. However, they don't have any way to know that unless they see that you're doing it. Right. So – if you want to do that or not is up to you. I'm not saying you should do it or you shouldn't do it. All I'm saying is that it is against the terms of service. Okay. Um, one thing also to note is they're making a new Mic Motorola Razor phone. That's exciting. <laughs> Are you going to get a flip phone? No. Take your iPhone, get rid of it, and get yourself a flip? Absolutely not. 
there are some things in life that you just can't do. And I think that's all of them. Uh, I think Scott Burson needs a flip phone because he can't seem to keep one alive for more than a month <laughs> or two at a time. Um, but that's a different conversation for a different time. That's right. But I think we've got a pretty good segue into next the next episode for uh, customer service because reviews are one part of the customer experience, right? So you you want to think about the customer experience from point of entry to the time where you follow up with them in, in the long run. And um, customer service is, is a, uh, a huge part of that. So let's go ahead and wrap this one up. And yeah, so let's wrap it up. And just on that same note, one thing that you can do to help with your customer service is to really think about what is the follow-up that you do after somebody makes a purchase or uses your business or your service. What are you telling them after? Are you contacting them at all? And if you are, what are you saying in that contact? And there is many, many studies on what's called buyer's remorse, which is after you make a purchase, you have a feeling about, did I make the right decision or not? And that doesn't matter who you are or what you're buying, unless it's some kind of instant gratification product. Usually people have a dip in their feeling about whether they made the right decision or not right after they bought it. And following up within the first two to three days with an extra email or an extra text message or a call to say, hey, thanks again for coming in or what you did was great, you know, and we'll see you again soon and I can't wait, your stuff's on the way or, you know, whatever it is um, can really help with that. And that can also lower the amount of returns that you get and increase the customer satisfaction and make you more likely to get a review. Okay, awesome. All right, so let's wrap this one up and uh, we will talk about the ugly, ugly state of customer service in the United States and most of the world at this point uh, in episode two and how you can get more clients, get more referrals and move your business ahead of the pack by having excellent customer service. This has been Digital Marketing Masters with Matt Rouse and Jeremy Markoff. For notes and a transcript of this episode, go to hookseo.com forward slash podcast. Now stay tuned for a preview of our next episode of Digital Marketing Masters. So the consultant comes in. Yeah, have you ever noticed that servers at like bars and restaurants and stuff in Oregon, they like always say no to you. But anywhere else in the country you go, they don't like say no that much. I mean, you know, I mean, if it's unreasonable, they'll say no. But I mean, they'll say no for anything, like any excuse to say no to you. I mean, yeah, he's kind of joking, but kind of not, right? And this story is actually in the book. But um, so Carrie goes... Hey, I want to get this this chicken dish. It's like chicken Alfredo or something, right? But she's like, instead of the chicken, could I get some vegetables? You know, she's doing a, a diet thing when she's training for the marathon. And she's eating vegetarian, right? That's not a big deal. How many vegetarians are in Portland? Like, just about everybody at this point. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, I'm joking. but I'm a vegetarian and I do CrossFit. Or they're vegan. You know, like, who knows? They're pescatarian or... Right. Dietary That's not a religion. That's, a that's eat fish but not meat. Right. Because fish aren't real animals. But that's besides the point. <laughs> okay, so. Digital Marketing Masters is brought to you by Hook SEO Digital Marketing. Our show is produced by Matthew Rouse and Scott Burson. Mixed and edited by Silent Outburst Productions. I'm your announcer, Daniel D. Craig. We would love to hear your thoughts. Please leave us an honest review with your podcast provider. Your reviews help us help more business leaders just like you.